We are, we are in the second part of a series entitled Supernatural, and we're talking about supernatural stuff, Twilight Zone-esque stuff. And, and what we started out doing last week was, uh, was talking about the fact that there are things that go on in this world that we can't see with our own eyes. There, there is actually stuff that goes on on a different level. It's stuff that we don't talk about in this church very often, especially in this service, because as I said last week, it kind of freaks me out. That it, it's not, this isn't my area. This isn't my house. You know, I, I got my stuff that I do. David has his stuff that he does. Mark's got his stuff. Dinah and Donna. Donna's our spiritual pastor. She, if anybody has a question about Holy Spirit stuff, about supernatural things, about healing, about that, we're like, that is an excellent question. That is such a deep, wonderful question. Here's Donna's email address and her phone number. Call her. In fact, somebody asked me recently a, a question along these lines, and that's exactly what I did. I said, oh, wow, that's, that's amazing. That's, I mean, wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you need to call Donna. Um, you need to email dstreeb, S-T-R-I-E-B, at org, and she'll figure it all out for you. And, and so when we were trying to figure out this series, I, I came across this um, from a, a church out in, in Oklahoma City. Uh, this guy I, I really like up there, um, uh, Craig Crushell is his name. And, and I was like, okay, I need to confront this. So this may not be for you these next three, so, or the last Sunday and the next two. It may just be for me. Um, but too bad you're in here right now anyway, so it's going to be for you. What we talked about is this stuff that you can't see with your own eyes. That there is a spiritual battle going on. There are forces that work against us. We talked about the five things that the devil does to try to prevent us from being in a relationship with God. He blinds the people, uh, the, the eyes of unbelievers. He tries to take us down little rabbit trails and, and prevents us from grasping onto a word of God. He puts temptations and traps in front of us. And his ultimate goal is to destroy us. We talked about those things, but at the end of it, um, you know, I, I really rushed through the end of it last week because of Daryl's great little teaching during worship. We just kind of ran a little bit longer than we normally do. But at the end of it, what I, what I left with and what I wanted you to hear was that you are not fighting for victory in this battle. You're not fighting for victory in this battle because you've already achieved it. As you know Jesus Christ and as you believe in Jesus Christ and give your life to him, the victory is won. So that changes that word for to from. You are now fighting from victory. You're fighting from victory because you have the power of Christ, the death and resurrection. You have the power of the Holy Spirit on your side. The Holy Spirit. Huh. See, last week I said we were going to talk about the devil this week and... Yeah, just kidding, that's next week. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this week. Interestingly, on Monday morning, I said that these things come against you and that the devil tries to stop you. And if, and if the devil gives you a path to go down, he is going to put up obstacles and walls and all these things. Monday morning, we get a call from our coffee supplier. We are trying and we've been working hard and hard and hard for months to get this coffee shop open on McCullough. And we get a call Monday morning from our coffee supplier that says, I can't supply you coffee anymore. We're like two weeks away from opening. And you're pulling out on us. Spiritual warfare. Right there. Monday morning. I preach about it on Sunday. I go home. I get up. Bam! Devil says, you want to see spiritual warfare, fella? 
We bring it right then. See, the thing is, this has happened to us before, and you might have, you might remember me. You might be having deja vu because I've said this before, because it's happened before. Our coffee supplier backed out on us a few months ago. There's another coffee shop that is around where we are. We're not even the closest coffee shop to this other coffee shop, but that's not the point. They happened to use the same coffee supplier, and he threatened that he would take his business away. So I went and I talked to the owner of this other coffee shop, and I said, Look, man, we're a church. We're coming in here. We're not in it for money. We're in it to change the world. We're in it to change the community. And he was cool with it. But now all of a sudden, right when we're about to open, it happens again. Same thing, same situation. Bam. Can't have the coffee. Now here's what happened. Here's, here, here's where God works. The devil says, great, I'm going to pull this away from you. God says, good, because I have something better. That day we met with another local because we wanted to keep it local in San Antonio Coffee Supplier, which is actually even closer to us, who is a believer in Jesus Christ and wants to enter into missions with us. That was part of our goal at the foundry was to serve coffee like from Guatemala and for that entire quarter, take the money we make from that and send it to Guatemala and change lives. And then change it up the next quarter and go Brazil and do that kind of stuff. She was so excited about that. She goes, we have been looking for a coffee house to do something like this so that we can change the lives of the people who are supplying us coffee. Awesome. And then Tuesday comes and our smoothie, tea, everything else frappuccino guy goes, hey, I can't supply you anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're like going, whoa, we were riding high on Monday and then Tuesday, Bam. It happens. The devil will try as hard as he can to block you. He will try as hard as he can to stop what you are doing for the kingdom of God. It may be on a grand scale, like on a ministry scale like that, or it may be in a personal scale on your own life. That God puts up these temptations and these walls and these traps because I mean, the devil does because he wants so much to get you away from God. See, last week what we talked about is putting on the full armor of God. Putting on the armor of God and saying, bring it. You want a piece of me? You can't handle me. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus Christ, you get a gift with that. This one-time offer, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you will get also the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now belongs to you. Think about that. The same power that brought somebody back to life dwells inside of you. If you've got your Bibles, open up to John. Uh, chapter 14 is where I'm going. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments, Jesus says. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. Counselor or comforter or encourager or advocate. Verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who, will, who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do. Because he lives and dwells inside of you. When you accept Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said, I'm going away. But I'm sending something back. I'm sending someone back to dwell inside of you. I'm not leaving you out on your own. Because quite honestly, we couldn't handle it on our own. 
But what he does is he sends the Holy Spirit back, it says. The counselor, the advocate, the comforter, the encourager. He sends the Holy Spirit back to be with us. And listen to what uh, John goes on to say in, in chapter 16 here. Verse 5. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And none of you has asked me where I'm going. Instead, you're very sad. Verse 7 right here. This is important. Because look, have you ever wondered like what it would have been like to be one of the disciples and to be walking along with Jesus Christ? How cool that would have been? I mean, that would have been a pretty big deal, you know? I, I mean, my brother-in-law thinks he's a big deal. We call him big deal in our family. Um, cause you know, he is a big, he's not here today, so I can make fun of him. Um, he's a guy that stands over here, blonde hair, you know, he's a big deal. Apparently, um, it would have been a bigger deal to walk next to Jesus. I mean, how cool would it have been to it's like, to go into this thing and you're all really hungry, but nobody has food. He's like 5,000. No problem. Got it covered. Bam. How cool would it have been to walk in? Your mother's really sick and, and Jesus is like, that's okay. I'll take care of her. <laughs> Done. How awesome would it have been to be with the only guy, well, except for Peter, to walk on water? How awesome. I mean, wow. That would have been so good. Talk about the fishing possibilities and not alone. That's another rabbit trail there. But how cool would it have been to walk with Jesus? Here's the thing. And this is what Jesus says right here in verse 7. He says, but it is actually best for you that I go away. Huh. Listen, it is actually better for you. Sure, it's cool that you're walking with me, but, but get this. It is better if I go away, because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, he will come, because I will send him to you. It is cooler to have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you than to have the power of God beside you. You hear me? I'm not taking anything away from Jesus Christ. Dude is my dog. You know, I mean, he gave his life for me so that I may have eternal life. And I, I, there's nothing I can do to ever repay that. But having the power of God beside you is a little different than having the power of God inside of you. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ is saying right there. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come and dwell inside of you. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit and all the power of God will not come and be inside of you. It's better if I go. That way, you can take on the world in my name. You can take on the world in the name of God and bring hope and peace and mercy and justice and love to the world. Only if I go away, though. You ever thought about that? It's kind of a weird thought, isn't it? That the power of God dwells inside of you. The power of God dwells inside of you. So what does that do? You have the power of God dwelling inside of you as you become a believer of Christ. And so there are five things. I'm on a kick of five things these days. Five things that the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation. The Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation. In John 3, I'm going to do what I did last week, and I'm going through a lot of Scripture very fast. John 3, 5 to 6, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Remember this? He's talking to Nicodemus. He says, you've got to be born again. Nicodemus is like, what? I'm a grown man. You expect me to get back up inside of my mother? He goes, no. No one can enter the kingdom of God 
unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. It was Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that allows us to have eternal life and salvation. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that makes us aware of that. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that leads us to that and gets us to that point where we get to either jump or stay back. The Holy Spirit gives us the truth. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Romans eight sixteen is what that says. You ever doubted your salvation? You ever gotten to a point in your life where you're like not really sure about it? I mean, I, I know there are a lot of beliefs about salvation that are out there. There's some, I mean, two camps, kind of the predestination camp and the non-predestination camp. Predestination says you're either in or you ain't. God chose you. He made the decision for you. He played spiritual duck, duck, goose, and you're either a duck or you're a goose. I mean, that's highly, you know, (laughs) I'm taking that down to a low level there, so I apologize. Uh, And the other side is it's your choice. You get to choose whether you're a duck or you're a goose. God gives you everything you need, leads you to the water. You got to make sure you drink. It's your choice. Now, I don't know if you've ever, like, made a decision for Christ. You said, I, I believe I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, and then something happens. You're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And doubt starts creeping in. I, I've, I've done this. I've had moments of doubt of my salvation. Did I really mean it? Did I really mean it? Because there will be times when I fall off, the devil sets his traps in front of me that he knows are going to catch me, and it catches me. But what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit comes back in and says, you know it. You know it's true. You know the truth. You know that you are saved. You know that Jesus Christ died and rose again from the dead so that you could have eternal life. It says right there in Romans 8 that the Spirit, the Spirit is the one who gives us comfort and assurance that we are God's children. When we have those moments of doubt in the darkest of our nights, it's the Holy Spirit whispering into our hearts, you're loved, you're forgiven, you're a child of God. So he gives you the power of salvation. The Holy Spirit also gives you the power to walk in God's will. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to walk in God's will. Is anybody uh, ESPN watchers in here? Sports Center uh, watchers? Okay, a few of you. Yeah, I, I love SportsCenter, and um, used to, when I was in college, that was where I got all of my news. Um, so if it didn't happen on SportsCenter, I didn't know about it. Um, and, you know, that's about, you know, my scope of things in college. But uh, and, and there was this program uh, a few years ago where they were, like, trying to, it was a game show, basically, a reality show, where they were trying to choose the next SportsCenter anchor. Does anybody remember this? It was a horrible show. I mean, it, it lasted two seasons, and they took it off. But... The sports center anchors are known for their wit. They're really funny guys. Um, they have catchphrases, you know, booyah. You know that one? Anybody know that one? Uh, no? Okay. Watch some TV. You know, you'll learn something. So uh, they're, they're pretty funny guys. They're really smart guys. They're on their feet and everything. And so they're, they're taking these just normal, random people, men and women who want to be sports center anchors, and they put them through all the rigmarole, all the stuff that these guys and girls do on a daily basis to find out who is the best. And then they judge them and they vote one off the island or whatever and, and they get down to the last guy. 
One of the things that they had to do, and this is why I could never be an anchor of SportsCenter or any other television show. You know the earpieces that they all have in? The little earpieces? Yeah. You know what happens in those? I mean, they're not there for looks. People talk to them all the time. I mean, when when they showed it, they were giving you uh, the audio of the producer who was in the ear of the SportsCenter anchor, this guy who was trying. And he is interviewing this baseball player. He's doing a live interview with the baseball player. And at the same time, the producer is in his ear saying, you've got to cut this short. We ran a little long. We're coming up to a commercial in 30 seconds. So cut your, you know, I mean, all this stuff. My head would explode. It would just, there's no way I could do that. I am so ADD. I'd be like, what? (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, I'm talking to, you know, Big Poppy, you know, uh, David Ortiz. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Ortiz, we, uh, what about the commercial, David? Oh, wait, no, that wasn't you. Um, gosh, <laughs> you know, and I would have no idea what to say. I would just be gone. Here's the thing. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. Kind of picture it like that. You're walking through your life and everything's going on. The Holy Spirit is giving you direction. The producer in that situation knows what's going on, has all the information at his hand. He knows the time. He knows everything because you're trapped. You're, you're in your little interview process. There's other stuff going on. The producer knows what's going on. God knows what's going on. The Holy Spirit sees it and knows it and is able to give you direction and guidance if you allow the voice to come in. Now, I'm not saying it's like, you know, schizophrenia, you're going to start hearing voices. But God's voice will come to you in your ear and allow you to stay on the path. But the counselor, John 14, 26 says, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. You ever been in a situation and you weren't really sure what to do, but then all of a sudden it came to you and in just great peace. All of a sudden you got some wisdom that you didn't know you had and it was like, Okay. So Holy Spirit giving you wisdom, giving you peace, giving you words when you need words, giving you strength when you need strength, giving you counsel when you need counsel. The Holy Spirit is there to back you up, to know all things and to give you guidance. That's what John's talking about in 1426, to teach you all things and to remind you of everything Jesus says, I have taught you. You enter into a situation and there's that temptation. There's that trap that the devil's putting before you. And the Holy Spirit says, "Mm -mm. you know, remember. Now, whether or not we want to listen to that voice, whether or not we want to listen to that guidance is another matter. But the Holy Spirit gives us the power to walk in God's will. John 16 and 13 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's how you know it's the Holy Spirit. He will guide you to do the right thing. Spike Lee. Third thing is this. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to share Christ boldly. The power to share Christ boldly. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. By the way, I want this tattooed on my chest at some time. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. What's Paul saying? I'm not a smart guy. 
I'm not that smart. I'm not that great of a speaker. I'm not that great of a preacher. But it doesn't matter because God is working. There are so many Sundays when I get up here and, 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 I'm, like, and I'm worried about what I'm going to say and I'm nervous about what I'm going to say. And I just go, Bleh, and I spit it out, and it's like a verbal vomit of, uh, of whatever. And the thing that I have to rest on, and the thing, when I come down, I walk down the stairs sometimes, and I'm really hard. I am my, I am my greatest critic, and I, and I get down, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you said that joke. There was one time when I said, uh, read between the lines, uh, something a few, <laughs> a few years ago, and I got comments about it. And I was like, I can't believe I said that. And, you know, all these different things. And I just I hammer myself. I hammer myself all the time. Almost every Sunday I find something to just latch onto and say, you're stupid. Why did you say that? That is horrible. I can't believe that. The thing that somebody told me a long time ago is that there is a Holy Spirit curtain right here. And that no matter what I say, God filters out the stupidity and allows his message to come through. Because time and time again, especially on those Sundays when I'm the hardest on myself, someone will come up to me and go, thank you. I really needed to hear that today. You were speaking right to me. I was in this place and you were here. And I'm like, cool. It's not about me. (laughs) Thank goodness. Because seriously, all y'all would ever hear about is the ESPN, the Today Show, and this old house. That's it. But the Holy Spirit, but, but God gives us the strength through the Holy Spirit to have the right words at the right time. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're speaking with someone that you know isn't a believer. Or maybe they are a believer and they're going through a really tough time. And you're like, how do I have the intelligence, the experience, the wisdom, the spiritual depth? to converse with this person. This guy is an atheist, doesn't believe in God whatsoever, and he's coming to me and talking to me and asking me for advice and counsel and and questioning me about God. I'm not smart enough. I don't have a seminary degree. You're blessed because of that. I don't have any, you know, I need to send him to somebody that is smarter than I am. But then all of a sudden, and you just start going. You ever had that experience? I did one time many years ago before I really was before I really fell into my just love with Jesus Christ. It was right after college. I was in San Antonio. I was teaching, and um, I was over at my apartment. I lived off of Blanco, and and this guy, a couple of guys were over, and we were sitting out on my patio, and and this one guy was a Jew, and he knew the Bible so much better than I did. Um, it was a little embarrassing, quite honestly, because he's like, "You're a Christian?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, what about Matthew?" I was like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> Matt, that's one of the gospels, right? Um, and, and so, I mean, we get into this whole conversation and I was so intimidated by this guy. I was so intimidated and I was so nervous that I was going to blow it for Jesus. You know, I mean, that's the thing is like, I am Jesus's spokesman at this moment. I am, you know, <clears throat> live from uh, Michael's patio. It's a uh, Jesus spokesman. His name is Michael Crocker. And he's going to tell you everything about God that you need to know. And I was like freaked out. Because this guy knew more about my Bible than I did. And yet, I found myself in a conversation with him. And I found myself talking about my faith. And I found myself talking about things that I didn't even know I knew. This guy named Ray Vanderlyn says that if you haven't read the scripture, it won't come to you. He's talking about quiet times. He's like, read the scripture, read the scripture, read the scripture. You may read it on a daily basis and you may get up and you may read it and you may go, yeah, whatever, put it away. 
that's okay. Because maybe three years from now, you get into a conversation with somebody. And then you need that scripture. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit goes. John 27. Well, you know. And you go. The Holy Spirit will give you the wisdom, give you the words to speak for Christ boldly when you need it. Fourth thing is this. To live a holy life. God will give you the power through the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Right? You live in Vegas, you think about Vegas. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. If you allow yourself to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, you will have life and peace. Life and peace. If you try to get rid of a sin when you don't know Jesus Christ, it can be sometimes difficult, sometimes impossible. With the power of the Holy Spirit, thinking on those things, you will have the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit. Aren't those things that you want to have? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness. I mean, really, if I think about the attributes of my personality and myself, those are things I don't want to get rid of. Those are things I want to hang on to. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. When you live your life for God and allow the Holy Spirit to come inside of you, those will be the fruits. Imagine what it would be like if we all had that coming from us. If we were all patient, if we were all kind, all loving, all faithful, all had self-control, we were all good. Imagine what the news would be like. We wouldn't have to have it anymore. Anybody in the news industry? Sorry. (laughs) The fifth thing is this. To make a difference with spiritual gifts, God gives you the power through the Holy Spirit to make a difference with spiritual gifts. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. All of us have gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit. All of us do. All of us. You may not have the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues, but you may have the gift of interpreting them. You may not have the gift of wisdom, but you might have the gift of discernment. The gift of encouragement. The gift of prophecy, the gift of proclamation, the gift of mercy. God apparently skipped over me with the gift of mercy. He's like, mm, no, you don't need that one. I go into hospitals, and I'm like, that's all you got, really? Dude, there's a guy next door to you that is suffering a lot more. Suck it up, you know, get better and get out. Um, that's why they don't send me to the hospitals anymore. People were getting worse when I walked in, so <laughs> they took me out of that. Um, but the, the gift of giving um, and, you know, people with the gift of giving aren't always the richest people in the world. Uh, my wife has the gift of giving. She is a giver. She loves to give. I mean, she just uh, she loves to give stuff. If somebody finds out they're having a baby, you're getting something. When you have the baby, you're getting something. It's not going to be huge. It's not going to be extravagant. But you're getting something. She loves gifts. If I stop on the way home, get out of the car and pick up a little flower, you know, and I go home and I give it to her, boom, my week is made. I am the king of the house. You know, it didn't cost me anything. It was just time. But she loves gifts. She loves giving. She works in that area. She has a gift of encouragement like no one else I've ever seen. 
She has the gift of mercy. Thank goodness, because we balance each other out. Some people have different gifts. and so, you know, I, I mean, that's the thing. If, if God gave all the gifts to one person, they'd be Christ. But the fact that he chose each one of us to have certain gifts means we need each other. Means we need the body of Christ to come together. And listen, that Paul says in 1 Corinthians, a spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. So if you have a spiritual gift and you're not using it for God, something's getting missed. Did you hear that? If you have a spiritual gift, and you do, and you're not using it for God in some way, then something in the kingdom is getting missed. People are losing their lives to the devil because... That's pretty harsh, isn't it? If you're not using your spiritual gift, you're causing people to be lost. Wow. But if you think about it, God created each one of us. Each one of us. The temple of God. If you have the temple of God, there used to be a beautiful temple that was built where God dwelled. And each little part played a specific role. They've gone back and they've excavated around some of the temple mount. And deep, deep, deep below the surface are huge stones that had to be there to support the rest of the building. And then there are these beautiful, polished, wonderful marble stones up front. But it it took each one of those stones to build the temple. We are the temple. We are the temple. We are where God dwells inside of each one of us. Together we are the body of Christ and we are God's house. Some of us are way deep beneath the surface and are never seen. We have the gift of administration. We show up at the church and we do data entry and we do it for an hour a week, an hour a month, whatever. We come here and we serve a little bit then we're gone. Some of us show up 30 minutes early, set up the chairs. Y'all have never seen the chairs set up, have you? No, because they're always set up when you get here. You don't see those people. Some of us come up on stage and we play guitars and we sing. We stand up here for a few minutes and we talk. Stacy Smith is uh, somebody that runs our show. She runs Sunday mornings. Today she had to come up front and sing because August is sick. That's who that person was who appeared for one song and then disappeared and then came back. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was Stacy. We each have these different gifts. She's been given the gift of administration. She drives Daryl and I nuts with that gift. But then she also has the gift of singing. And she came up here and she led worship with us. We each have these spiritual gifts. There is a guy that, there is a guy that comes through uh, our services that has a gift of marketing and publicity. And when I talked about the foundry one day, he emailed me. He goes, you know what? I want to help. And so he's created this whole ad campaign that we're going to unleash around the Monta Vista area for us. And it's really cool. Nothing that I ever could have done because I'm not that creative. But he had a gift and he's like, I need to use this for God and I want to help you do this. We all need to be using our gifts. Each one of us has been given, given a gift of the Spirit. Each one of us is unique in, our, in the way that God has created us. And we need to find a way to serve God. I'm not even saying serve here. This isn't a guilt trip to get you to serve in New Heights, to set up chairs, or to take down the stage, or to do anything like that. It's to serve God somewhere. Somewhere. I don't care where you serve Him. Serve Him. Maybe, maybe it's a gift of being a mother, and you need to serve God right now in your home and taking care of your children and raising your children to be godly kids. Maybe that's what it is. Talk to somebody that has the gift of discernment. They'll help you figure it out. 
But God's promise to you is this. In Acts chapter 2, let me flip to it. I'll read it from there. I'll read it from here. Acts chapter 2. This is a promise that Peter is making to all of us. I'm at verse 38 here. Peter replied, Each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then, he says, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, listen to that, promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles. That's us, by the way. All who have been called by the Lord our God. If you give your life to Christ, if you accept the gift of freedom and eternal life that comes with knowing Jesus Christ, you will, I promise, be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be given the power of God inside of you. Has anyone ever seen the movie Castaway? Anybody ever seen that movie, Castaway, Tom Hanks? Good movie. Um, it's like Tom, you know, for three hours or something. But he, basically what happens is he, he's a FedEx employee. His plane goes down at a deserted island. He's the only survivor. He has all these FedEx boxes around him. He gets the volleyball out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he has this one box. You remember there's this one box that he doesn't open. There's one box that has these beautiful little wings on it that he doesn't open. And he never opens it. He, he eventually delivers it. This is where I think the Holy Spirit is to a lot of us. We have this FedEx box inside of us, and it's this beautiful box, and it has this beautiful little detail on it. And inside of it is the Holy Spirit, but we don't want to open it. We don't want to open it for some weird reason. Maybe we're scared to open it. Maybe we're scared to open it because what Daryl said about the inside-out thing, when you really ask God to change your life, when you really ask God to move, God, use me, he's going to. Maybe it's because this stuff kind of freaks us out a little bit. Maybe we're just comfortable. Maybe we just don't understand that it's there. But each one of us has this power inside of us, and it's just for us to say, okay, let's go. So my challenge to all of us today is to open that box, to allow the Holy Spirit to use each one of us in the way that God desires us to be used. Now, not every one of you is going to get up on stage and give a sermon. Thank goodness, because I, you know, I lose my job. But some of you can serve God in, in many different ways. Some of you are going to be able to enter into conversations with people that you know you should have done. Because you're letting the Holy Spirit give you words and wisdom. Some of you will have the strength to turn away from that temptation. That thing that keeps coming up that the devil knows takes you away from God every time. And so he keeps putting it in front of you, putting it in front of you, putting it in front of you. You open that box and you go, not this time. Allow the Holy Spirit to move inside of you. And we will win. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the power of the Holy Spirit. The mighty counselor who you sent to be with us. So that we could have your strength. So that we could have the power of God dwelling inside of us. So that no matter what comes against us, we may prevail. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this day.